0: Hello and welcome to Gateway's first ever online preach. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Al, I'm one of the leaders here at Gateway. Two weeks ago, I never thought that I would be standing in an empty building pre-recording a preach on a Thursday morning, but our world has changed very, very rapidly. As you'll be aware, we've made the decision to postpone our public gatherings in light of all the coronavirus pandemic, which means that this, for now, is going to become our new norm. And I hope and pray that wherever you're watching this, that you are well and that you are at peace. Um, If you're watching this on Sunday morning, I just want to wish you a very happy Mother's Day to all you mums out there who do an amazing job. We want to honour the amazing sacrifice and the amazing job that you do. We recognise also that for many Mother's Day Is also a day of mixed emotions for a whole range of reasons. So let's reach out today to honour those who are mums among us and let's remember those who may be struggling uh, for a whole range of reasons. Life here in the UK and the wider world has really shifted on its head in the last week or so. Life as we have known it for many, many years has really ground to a halt and it looks like this might be the case for quite some time. That means there's gonna be huge changes for each of us personally, for our families, for our rhythms of life, for our working life, and for us as a church community as well. And of course, this is a challenging moment. There's uncertainty, it's testing times for each of us. But I also believe that this moment is a huge gospel opportunity. You see, as God's people, We get to ask a different set of questions than the wider world around us. The questions we're not asking is not just how can I get through this and cope, but actually how can we love and care and serve and encourage one another and our neighbourhoods and our wider friends and family. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ is so other oriented. The very foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ giving of his own life to ransom and redeem his people. And the call of the gospel has always been to sacrificially love one another and the world around us. And through today's passage, I really wanna share our plans for how we're gonna do this at this moment of where we are as a society and as a church. If you've been with us over recent weeks, you'll know that we've been preaching through the book of Exodus. Uh, Why not pause the video right now, grab a Bible, and turn to Exodus chapter 18. I'm going to be reading from the ESV. You might have other versions, but that's fine. And as you're going to see through this passage, in God's sovereignty, the chapter that we are looking at today, the chapter that was next in our preaching series through the book of Exodus, directly lines up with all that is happening uh, among our society right now. It speaks right into where we are right now as a culture. So I'm going to be reading uh, chapter 18. I'm going to pick up the story in verse 10. Feel free to read the bit beforehand. But basically where we are up to right now is God's people have been led out of slavery uh, in Egypt. They've crossed over the Red Sea. They're now in the wilderness and God has miraculously provided to them. And then at the start of chapter 18, Moses' his father-in-law, Jethro, uh, leaves his place in Midian and he travels to meet Moses. And he brings uh, with him Moses' wife, Zipporah, and his two Children. And we're going to read uh, uh, from uh, verse 10 uh, to the end of chapter 18. And Jethro said this Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people. And Jethro, Moses' father in law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to the to God, And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses as father in law before God. Just before we look at the rest of the passage, I just want to pick up one particular thing about Jethro here. Jethro is a Midianite. He's not an Israelite. He has not been one of the people that's been led out of slavery. He's been in a distant land, but here he's heard and he's seen of God's amazing deliverance of the people of God. And what it causes in him is worship to rise up before Yahweh. He recognizes that Yahweh has delivered the Israelites out of slavery and he's redeemed God's people. And he understands about this dramatic rescue. And the response of his heart is one of worship. But if you contrast that to Israel in just a chapter before, where they they arrive in the wilderness and they grumble and they say to God, why have you even brought us here? We don't want to be here. Do you know what? In moments when we're in wilderness seasons, we can either grumble or we can choose to worship. And one of my encouragements in this season that we are in is let's be like Jethro. Let's worship God. Let's not grumble. Let's bow the knee. Let's acknowledge that he is our rescuer and our redeemer and our rock and our fortress and our saviour. And he will see us through challenging moments. Let's get back to chapter 18, verse 13. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people and the people around stood around Moses from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. And I make them known the statutes of God and his law. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You and the people will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God will be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy, who hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide for themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you you will be able to endure and all this people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chief of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart and he went away to his own country. The timing of chapter 18 is incredibly fascinating. The whole story of Exodus up to now has been about how God is going to redeem his people. It's been about a dramatic showdown between Moses and Pharaoh, between Yahweh and the gods of the age. It's about dramatic rescue and crossing of seas. It's about God's amazing provision in the wilderness and as we go into the next bit of Exodus we're going to see that the story is going to continue with Moses going up a mountain and having encounters with God and coming down with the law of God and Moses and the people building the tabernacle where God himself would dwell and right here sandwiched between that is this story about a family between Jethro and Moses yes but also about the family of God why is that why right here in this moment does God choose to send Jethro to, to, to how the family is going to work among the Israelites? Doesn't it make you think about how much God cares about his people and his community, community? About how it operates, about whether it is healthy and strong. And we see the same pattern in the New Testament about how we are to function and operate as a church. Right here, God says, I care deeply about how this family works and whether it's healthy and strong and vibrant. So here's the deal. Moses is sitting there day after day after day, morning till night before the people, dealing with their challenges, dealing with their disputes, um, answering their questions about the way of God, teaching them about God's instructions. I mean, he is literally on the road to burnout. I mean, we are talking here about thousands and thousands of people. Here at Gateway, we're some 300 people. I thought I was busy helping to lead this community, but man, this guy is super busy and it is not healthy. He is off the charts. And Jethro is watching on uh, to Moses and he's looking on in horror. And he's said, Moses, what are you doing? This is not good. You're gonna burn yourself out, you're gonna burn others out. I don't know about you, but if my father-in-law rebuked me in this way, I think I'm more likely to get the hump than I am to listen. And I think underlyingly, the problem is that Moses has got a bit of a savior complex about him. Do you remember the story about when he killed the Egyptian and he tried to save God's people on his own? I think he, had, he, he thought of himself as a bit of a saviour and he thought he could sort and save this situation all on his own. And the reality is this guy needed a bit of a pep talk. He needed some wisdom. And so God sends Jethro, his father-in-law, as that person to bring wisdom into this situation. And I think deep down Moses knew this because he's listening, he's attentive, he heeds the advice of Jethro. I think Moses deep down knew that he needed to listen to Jethro. And Jethro says this to him, Moses, you have a key role to play in this. You have a part to play in interceding to God uh, before the people, You you get to judge those tough decisions, but you've got to release others to carry the load. The wisdom here of Jethro is that God's people were never to rely on a few super leaders in some hierarchy like this. Yes, we believe in leadership. We believe it's biblical. We believe God appoints and anoints leaders. But the point here is that God's community is healthy and vibrant when men and women are raised, released, and appointed to love, serve, and care for one another. And verse 23 is an amazing summary of what happens when God's people are released in this way. Listen to these words of verse 23. If you do this, one, God will direct you. Don't we all want to be led by God through this season? Secondly, you will be able to endure. God wants us to be healthy and God wants us to endure through this moment. God wants us as a community to be vibrant. And all this people will also go to their place in peace. Do you see the effect that will happen as Moses heeds the advice of Jethro? People will go to their homes in peace. The effect of a community rising up to serve one another is that peace will come to God's people. And the word peace that is being used here is shalom. And that word shalom really conveys a sense of harmony, of completeness, of stillness and contentment in all of life, no matter what is happening. So if Moses follows the advice that Jethro gives him to appoint men and women across the community to love and care, the effect will be shalom on the people of God. Isn't that just amazing? That God wants shalom for his people and he wants to use each of us as instruments in bringing that peace. Not just one or two people but us the church together to be bringers of shalom as we go about our lives. God cares that his people have peace and have shalom. Do you know what, I am going to massively miss meeting together in the coming months. I love gathering together as the family of God and I cannot wait until we see each other again and we're reunited in our gatherings together. And when we do, I know that we're gonna greet one another with such excitement and joy. But in the meantime, we have to consider how can we best be the church with one another and in our communities. So very practically, I just want to share for a few moments, really about our plans to live out Exodus 18 in this moment of where we are at. Very simply, our plan is this, to get every single person in the Gateway family to connect into newly formed household groups. These will be small networks made up of a maximum of five households. And these new groups will be the primary place to connect to care and to communicate with one another whilst we're unable to meet together physically. We believe five households means it's small enough that we can meaningfully serve and love each other in these testing times, and they're small enough to be able to invite our neighbours into these groups. We very much believe that these groups are to be uh, inward in serving one another, but outward in how we serve and love the world around us, which is very scared and very anxious right now. And so I just wanna say this to you. If you are in an existing small group, it is most likely that we're gonna be asking your current group to split into uh, two or three groups of no more than five households so that we can serve one another effectively. If you are not connected to a small group in Gateway, this is your moment to connect. We need each other, whatever reason, Uh, Up to now, you've been unable to connect into a small group. I want to encourage you to seize this moment, to lean into family here at Gateway. If you're feeling on the fringe of Gateway life, draw in in this moment. Don't allow yourself, please, to drift away from family and community at this time. We need one another we're going to be sending uh, more details about this next week, about what, what our plans are, all the practical details about how to get involved. So look out for that probably early part of next week. We're going to be do that. But church, we are going to have to learn new rhythms of meeting together. We're going to have to relearn what it looks like to excel in one anothering. We'll have to refocus our personal spiritual disciplines at this time. We'll have to relearn new ways to communicate with one another. We'll have to learn to minister and pray in different ways. We'll have to refocus on being a missional family. But you see the early church, they saw themselves as households of the kingdom of God. And they got hold of this message that the church was never about one or two leaders, but it was about a community that were devoted and committed to each other, about devoted to meeting together and being with one another where they could, about meeting each other's needs and about serving the world around them. And I genuinely believe, whilst this moment is unplanned and undesirable, this is a unique opportunity for us as a church family to become an Acts 2 type community. And I want to encourage you, open up your Bibles after this message and look at Acts 2 and look at how the early church were devoted to one another and devoted to meeting each other's needs and devoted to prayer and devoted to worship and devoted to mission. Go and check those things out. Let them, let them just dwell on your heart. If we get hold of this moment and we choose into community, if we choose to excel in loving each other, if we choose to pray like never before, if we choose to encourage each other in God, if we choose to engage our neighbors and this town, I believe that God will be glorified, that his church will be built, that our family will be strengthened, the most vulnerable in our community will be cared for, and the world will look on in awe and wonder at the church. Let me just pray for us as we close uh, our time together. Um, So, Heavenly Father, I want to just thank you that, Lord, you have got us in the palm of your hands. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are sovereign, that you are reigning and ruling over all things at all times and in all places. And Jesus, we lift up one another to you right now. Lord, we want to pray that in this moment that we would become an Exodus 18 or an Acts 2 type community where we are known for how devoted we are to one another, how devoted we are to meeting each other's needs and how devoted we are to serving the world around us. I want to pray that you would bless each one of us. I want to ask for each of you right now, wherever you find yourself, I want to pray that you would know the presence of the Holy Spirit with you. The promise of scripture is I am with you always, declares the Lord. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. God bless, take care and see you soon.